0: Good morning, a very warm welcome to you all here in the building in a very chilly but yet sunny morning. It's great to have you uh, if you're with us in person or if you're following along online as we worship the Lord together. As we gather, please do keep your, your face masks on uh, throughout our time together, obviously, unless you're exempt. Uh, as we <clears throat> look back on the, the week that's gone, we give thanks for the week of prayer, um, the week of prayer in really giving heartfelt um, a devotion to the lord lifting up all of our concerns all of the things that we want to see the lord do in the year uh, ahead and we give thanks to him for that and if you're here in person or maybe if you're watching online uh, please do get in touch with us as we have lots of literature to to give you just to help you in the year ahead uh, there's the the verse of the year card um, as you stick it on your fridge and just remind yourself of uh, the verse that we have for the year from ephesians uh, there's also prayer for missionaries and uh, so please do be praying for our missionaries take one of those away with you as well also other prayers for different ministries within the church as well youth ministry contact connect other ministries like that uh, that we're looking to to pray for and lift up and lastly there's also the sermon program for the year as well so please do take all those with you uh, this morning and uh, and take them with you to to think through and pray about for the year ahead as we think about uh, the year ahead as well there's an o- awesome opportunity just in the summertime um, to to grow in your love of the lord too as as has been mentioned last week uh, just looking at going to to keswick together the keswick conference probably looking to go on the third week that is the first week of august and so if you're looking to to spend time in growing in your love of Jesus with other believers, uh, please do uh, come along to that. Get in touch with us if that's something that might interest you to spend some time uh, worshiping God in the Lake District together. As we think of the the verse for the year, uh, this year, we're we're taking it from Ephesians 3, uh, Ephesians 3, verse 17 uh, to 19. And it says this, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Let me pray as we open our time together. Father God, we thank you for your amazing love to us, your incomprehensible love to us. And we pray that you would help us, Lord, to lift our hearts, to worship you, to see your love for us, In the Lord Jesus, we pray that you would settle our minds, settle our our hearts, push out all the distractions, that we would focus on you and who you are and what you've done for us. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If I could ask uh, James, James Hughes, to come on up. Um, I'm just going to ask James, just in the light of the the last week, uh, the week of prayer, I just wanted to get some reflections from from him um, on that week, but then also a little bit. But his own life as well. Uh, and then afterwards, James will lead us in prayer. So if you want to grab the mic there. Good man. Okay, uh, just thinking about the last the past week or so, uh, why do you believe it's important for us as individuals or as a church to set aside a
1: week of prayer? Um, I, I mean, it's been, it's been a great week. Um, I, I think a week of prayer is really important at the beginning of the year because it's that opportunity to just to sort of um, just say thank you to God for the year that's passed, for all the things that have gone on, the blessings that he's shown us. There have been difficulties, but but lots of blessings along the way as well. And also an opportunity to come together and just just set out kind of what we'd like to do for the year ahead, um, pray for other people, um, and just get ourselves right with God um, for this next year. In that sense, how how have you really been encouraged by that? Is that? What would you say has been one of the highlights of it? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, it's been, it's been really challenging. Obviously, a lot of people have been able to come and meet together and pray. Other people have been at home and praying, um, with, in couples or possibly individually. Um, all of that has been really, really important. Um, it's been great having the kind of the themes each day to pray through. It was great having the prayer meeting on Tuesday and being able to pray through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and, but yesterday was especially, I think, special because, um, there were quite a lot of us here in the church. Uh, we had the opportunity to um, just to pray for our young people, to pray for our fa- the young people's families. And um, we'd go around in twos or threes around the church and we'd be able to sort of pray for all the individual families uh, by name. That was fantastic. Um, the opportunity to pray about all the evangelistic outreach we would like to do over the year, um, uh, to pray about for our missionaries overseas uh, and the fantastic work that they do, uh, and also just to praise God and thank him for, you know, how wonderful he is. So, I mean, yesterday, it was a, a dreak day, as I commented to my wife on the way, um, you know, really cold, wet, really horrible, but actually... Uh, the time we had here was really special and, and actually, you know, just went by, I thought, really quickly. Um, so it was, it was brilliant. Great. And,
0: and in terms of like setting aside time to pray, why do you think it's important to set aside time either through
1: the year or even through the day for dedicated prayer? Um, we're all sinners. Um, we all turn away from the Lord. We walk away from the Lord. We don't focus on on God. We don't focus on Jesus uh as we should every day. Um uh, I think coming to God uh, every day in prayer is just an opportunity to just to, to, to have that connection with God. I mean we He is our Heavenly Father, He wants us to talk to Him. Um it's an opportunity to just to again recognise Him for who He is and for all that He's done. Um, It's an opportunity to say sorry for all the things we've done wrong. It's an opportunity to pray um, for ourselves and pray for those that we know and love and those that God places on our hearts. So I think that time every day of just coming together um and reconnecting with god and, and doing that you know <clears throat> doing that kind of throughout the day um you know you, you can have a formal time of prayer but just praying in the car sometimes praying if you go um just for a walk um <clears throat> doesn't have to be any kind of fixed place yeah. or time and in, in terms of that in your own
0: uh, life i won't ask you how to rate your prayer life but <laughs> but maybe what what do you think how, what do you find most helpful when it comes to your own prayer life what have you found most helpful
1: uh, when Colin asked me to, um, <clears throat> to, to come up and be interviewed, I said to him, if you want somebody that's got a perfect prayer life, then you might want to ask somebody else. Um, <clears throat> I think that you know, prayer life is one of those things which, I mean, some people have awesome prayer lives. Other people perhaps struggle. Um, I think for me, and it's about finding out what works for you, but for me, it's about just making, I'm a guy of, that likes kind of routine. So it's finding a time in the day that works for me where I can actually make that happen. So for me, it's probably before I start work in the morning and um, associating the prayer with some, some Bible study as well. Um, I've just gone back to, Bible in a year, which HTB you do, but um, I've done it before, but I thought I'll I'll do it again um, just to refresh um, how how that looks like. Um, Therefore, praying through some of the passages in the Bible that you look at, praying for, again, I kind of, there's that acronym, ACTS, which I know that some of you kind of think about sometimes, that adoration, praising God, that confession, uh, that kind of, um, thanksgiving and then the supplication, you know, asking God for, for his help in so many different areas. So that's really important. I think, um, praying with one eater, um, we, we try and do that at least, a, you know, two or three times a week if we can, um, we're just, again, before we really get into the day, just spending a little time in prayer. It's actually amazing, and probably some of you as couples will know this, it's just sometimes you sit down to pray and you just sort of um, it's almost the first time you say, well, how are you? Um, you know, what's going on in your life and what does it feel like? And sometimes lots of things come up which you think, oh, wow. <laughs> um, so that time with, with each other to pray. And also um, I think, you know, if you can have somebody else in your life outside of the family that you can get together with and pray with. Um, I've got um, a guy that I Meet up with in church, um, uh, who we go for prayer walks and uh, we spend time kind of just sharing with each other. Somebody who's you know a wise Christian man who you know I can talk to, we can pray together. Um, <clears throat> that's really special. And if you're looking, Ken, thanks,
0: thanks James. That's really helpful, really encouraging. Uh, and now you're going <laughs> to lead us in prayer. Um, so I will leave it to you. <clears throat>
1: Uh, Yesterday, we we read through um, Psalm 103, and I just want to, as we start our prayers, I just wanted to spend a few moments just reading a few of the verses from Psalm 103. So, this is just verses 8 to 13. Um, so, So, just a few verses from Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse Father God, we praise you that you are an awesome God, the creator God for whom nothing is impossible. Thank you that you are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. Thank you that you love us so much that you gave your son, Jesus Christ, to die upon the cross, to pay the price for our sins, and that we, believing in him, can be forgiven, are adopted into your family, and can call you Father and have the certainty of everlasting life. Forgive us all for those times that we fail you, when we go our own way, and for all that we do wrong in thought and word and deed and in what we leave undone. We are sorry and we ask that you would forgive us. Thank you, Father God, for this week of prayer, for the opportunity individually and with others to praise and thank you for this last year and for your goodness, and to lift up this coming year and ask that you would bless us as we seek to grow in our knowledge of you, as we seek to serve you and others, and as we take advantage of opportunities to share the good news of Jesus and the hope that we have. We pray for this world, racked with tension, made worse by the challenges of dealing with and responding to the COVID virus. We pray that you would bring peace where there is conflict and hope where there is despair. We pray for our government, that you would continue to give them wisdom as they make decisions, over what restrictions are needed and how best to help support and encourage the economy, we pray for all of those that work in healthcare care and especially our hospitals as they deal with the additional pressures on them. and we pray for our teachers as they help support and educate our children in challenging circumstances. and we pray for our children as they start another term, that you would help them as they adapt again to new restrictions. Father God, as we start a new year and all the many activities we do as a church, we pray for our home group leaders as they meet this week and for all our ministry leaders and those who support our services and the work of the church. And we thank you for them. And Lord, we pray for the word this morning as it's read to us by Helen. We pray for Neil as he preaches uh, this morning. May your spirit uh, guide him and may our hearts be open to your word uh, and that it might transform our lives. Father God, thank you for all that you do for us. Help us to continue to grow in our knowledge and love of you and in love for each other as we grasp the magnitude of Christ's love for us. We ask all these prayers. In the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: The reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches...
3: Well, thanks for that reading, Helen, and for that prayer, which effectively that reading was, wasn't it? We've prayed for ourselves already. It's been great to hear from uh, James about uh, this week of prayer. I'm sure many of you will share uh, his experience of of that as well. Um, It's good to just spend more time with the Lord, and we do pray that we'll make prayer a priority for us as a church in this coming year. One of my New Year's resolutions, um, alongside eating more vegetables, uh, doing more walking, and taking up the piano again, none of which will probably happen, um, is to follow that exhortation, to be faithful in prayer, to spend more time with the Lord. I know one of my weaknesses is to crack on and do stuff in my own strength instead of spending more time seeking God's strength and just enjoying time with him. Well, our verse for the year is a prayer. Uh, Paul's prayer for the Christians in Ephesus is that they will grow in love for each other as they grasp the magnitude of Christ's love for them. And I hope we'll make this our prayer this year. It's not an easy prayer to pray, uh, as we will see, because true sacrificial love is hard. But the encouraging thing is we're not doing it in our own strength, but we're doing it through the power of the Spirit. And if we're really serious about praying this prayer, then I believe it could have a massive impact on our church and lead to real fruitfulness. So let's not just stick it in our wallets or on our fridges um, and forget about it. Let's make it a constant prayer for ourselves and for each other. Let's try and understand uh, this this verse a bit more and and the context of it. The section starts um, in verse 14 with the words, For this reason... In other words, given all that Paul has said up to this point about God's grace and his power and going back to the end of chapter two, where he talks about in Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And he says in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So in view of all that, for this reason, Paul kneels before the father. He comes to him humility and reverence and praise for the Ephesians that they would grow in their love. So what exactly does he he pray for? He prays for these things that they would grow in love through the power of the Spirit by grasping the magnitude of God's love for us and for the glory of God. And that's therefore what we need to be praying for ourselves and for each other. Let's start with that that first point. Praying that we will grow in love through the power of the spirit. Verse 16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. What does it mean though, to be strengthened with power in our inner being? Well, the inner being is the same as what the Bible often refers to as the heart. It's what makes us who we are. It's the center of our our personalities. includes our minds, our thoughts, our emotions, our wills, our consciences. And it may help to understand this idea of the inner being. Um, If we turn to 2 Corinthians 4, I've got it on the screen here. Let me just read these verses. Uh, from verses 16 to 18. It says, Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The distinction that Paul is making here is between an outward visible body that is wasting away and an inner invisible being that is being renewed day by day we 're all getting older um, don 't need much reminding of that. Um, a few younger guys, the idea of things not working as well as they might will come to you one day as well might seem a long way off now, um, but you 'll come to the point where you can no longer lift your arm above your shoulder um, or bend down to do the actions in those children's songs It's my excuse anyway um but the great thing is that while outwardly we may start to suffer from these things maybe poor eyesight uh, maybe from arthritis maybe breathing difficulties whatever it may be yet inwardly we can still flourish we can still grow I'm sure many of the older Christians here, you'll know, exude the glory of God despite their physical weakness. Because instead of wallowing in, in self-pity, instead of looking at the state of the world and becoming grumpy old men and women, sort of harking back to the good old days of their youth, they're still wanting to grow in their love for God and in his love for, their, for, their, for his people. We heard from James, isn't it? About meeting with an older person with wisdom who's encouraging him and loving him in that way. Trouble is, and this is why Paul is so keen to pray for these believers, that they will be strengthened with power in their inner being, is that there's such a temptation in our world to focus on the outward, to focus on the body. Magazines are, are full of glamorous celebrities who spend a fortune on their looks and on retaining their youth. That's not to say we shouldn't be concerned about our, our outward appearances, but the main focus should be on the inner being. It's not to say that we shouldn't pray for physical healing, but again, there's no point in praying for physical healing if we're not also praying for spiritual healing and renewal. So what is the purpose of praying for power in the inner being? Well, Paul gives us a reason here. He says there in verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power, Through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now you might think, well, Christ is doing that already. If these are believers that Paul is writing to, then they have accepted Jesus already. He's already dwelling in their hearts by faith. The Bible tells us that. Well, there's an implication in Paul's prayer that although Christ has moved into their hearts, he hasn't really been allowed to take up full residence. It's like he's still a visitor. He, he hasn't been given his own key and permission to, to do what he wants with the place, to convert it into something new. When we, make that, when we make that first commitment to give our lives to Jesus, he comes in whatever state our lives are in. And they can be a real mess, can't they? But if we ask him to, he will start a work of clearing that up. And that's what Paul is getting at here. He's saying, yes, I know you believe in Jesus, but I pray... He may strengthen you with power through his spirit. In other words, that we will become like Jesus in every aspect of our lives. Our lives will more reflect his character. That's why we did the Real Change course last year. We, we don't want to be those who are content with the current state of our hearts, but those who are looking to constantly grow, to become more and more like Jesus for our hearts to be places that that are fit for Christ to take up permanent residence. It's a work of God's grace and power that brings someone to faith, but it's also a work of God's grace and power that transforms them into the people he wants them to be. And that is why Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus in this way. He knows just how much they need that power of God in their lives. And the good news is that power is not limited. It's never going to run out. There's no limited budget for a makeover here because the power comes from what I described as his glorious riches or literally the riches of his glory. You often hear about countries being rich in natural resources, but how the rich that country may be those resources will be finite one day they will run out but God's glory his greatness is infinite and so his riches will never be exhausted that's why verse 20 says now to him he was able to do immeasurably more infinitely more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us So we're praying that out of God's unlimited, glorious riches, by the power of the Spirit, Christ would dwell in our hearts. And as he does so, we would become more like him. How do we most reflect the character of Christ? How do we become more like him? What does that look like? Well, it's through his love. Paul is praying they would grow in love. But how do we grow in love? Do we just try harder? Do we make it another one of our New Year's resolutions uh, alongside eating more vegetables? Well, let's come to our verse for the year because what Paul prays is actually quite different. We grow in love by grasping the magnitude of Christ's love for us. Look at verse 17. It continues, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. It's clear that Paul is writing here to a group of believers, those who already know Christ's love. He acknowledges that they are rooted and established in love. And these roots and foundations are essential to who they are. And we've got two different images here that uh, get at the same point. The first conveys the image of a plant or a tree, which depends on the strength of its roots to, to, to grow and thrive. If the roots are ripped, weak, then it will be ripped out of the ground when a storm comes along. If they are strong, they will stand firm. Second is the image of a building which, again, if it has weak foundations, will collapse in a storm. But if the foundations are strong, it will remain standing while all around is destroyed. And that applies to our Christian faith. If our roots or our foundations are in the love of Christ, if we trust in his love that caused him to die for our salvation, then we will remain firm when our faith is attacked. The stronger our roots are, <coughs> the more secure. We will be it's not enough to simply put roots down and stop growing because there's no limit to how deep roots can go because there's no limit to knowing Christ's love for us. And the reason Paul is praying for the Christians in Ephesus to have power is because they do not fully appreciate the love of Christ for them. The roots are shallow. They need to to grow down further. They need to spread so the plant can grow upwards further. And in order to do that, they need the power to know the love of Christ. The only way in which we will be motivated to to love God and to love others is understanding his love for us. When we look at his love for us, there's, there's so much that's lovable about it, isn't there? This term, we're going to be looking at the account of Jesus' life in the Gospel of John, starting next week with the story of Jesus meeting a woman, a Samaritan woman, at a well. And that woman realizes, having met Jesus, that uh, there's something very special about this man. And so she goes back to a town and invites everyone to come and see, come and see a man who knows everything about me. And the main thing we will see about Jesus as we take up that invitation over the coming weeks to come and see is his love, his love that causes him to to heal the sick, to befriend uh, the social outcast, to comfort the grieving, to raise the dead, and ultimately to die on a cross for us, to save us from our sins. That love is too wide and long and high and deep for us to fully grasp. It surpasses knowledge. We will never fully know it, but as we grow in our knowledge of it, So will our lives be characterized by love for others. Well, how do we do that then? How do we grow in this love? We do it by praying. Paul was praying that the the believers in Ephesus would know God's love. They would grasp the magnitude of Christ's love. And so we need to pray not only for ourselves, that we would grasp Christ's love, but for each other, that we would all grasp Christ's love. And the consequence of grasping that magnitude of Christ's love for us is in the words of uh, verse 19, that um, you may be filled to the fullness of all the, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Fullness of God is his, his perfection, his holiness. who will never be full to his fullness during this life, but We are called to keep on being filled, to keep on being filled with the Spirit, to keep on growing in Christ, to keep on becoming more mature so that we will become like him. But why does Paul pray this prayer for the believers in Ephesus that they grow in love and they become more like Jesus? Why should we pray it for each other so we feel better about ourselves? No, we grow in love for the glory of God. Verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is a work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That is why God created us in the first place in his image, to display His glory. That is why He redeemed us when His image was distorted in us, that we would once again reflect His glory to the rest of creation. Why should the glory go to God? Because He is the one who who reigns over the universe He made, the one without whom we wouldn't even exist, the one who loved us before we loved Him, the one who has given us the power to grow in love. And know the love of Christ. This verse with which we often conclude our services is a testament of a belief in the power of God and our dependency on him. To him who is able could equally be translated to him who has the power that is at work within us. And The amazing thing about this verse is that God has the power to do immeasurably more abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. The big question is, do we really want him to? What are our prayers, what are we praying about? What do they reveal about our hearts? What is most important to us? Because that's what we'll pray about, isn't it? Is our greatest desire really to grow in love for God and for others? Is it really to do everything for his glory? Or are we really still thinking of our own glory? At one level, I'm sure we would always say, I want to grow in love for others. Of course I do. But when it comes to love in action, is that really what we want? Or would we rather love ourselves more? Because loving others is costly, isn't it? It requires big sacrifices. Are we prepared to make those sacrifices? Or is there something else that is more precious to us? I'm happy to, to love more as long as it doesn't take up too much of my time as long as it doesn't cost me too much, as long as it doesn't cause me stress or anxiety, as long as it doesn't put me in danger. We'll be coming back to the letter of Ephesians later on in the year and be looking at it in more detail, but just a quick look at chapter 4 over the page because this tells us what love looks like in practice. You've gone from understanding the love of Christ for us. And as you go into chapter four, it's okay. What does that love look like for others? Let's pick up a few of the verses here. Verse two, uh, be completely humble and gentle. Are we prepared to be humble? To give up all of our rights for the sake of others? Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. We might be patient up to a point, but think of that person who's just really challenging, really needy. How much more patient are we prepared to be? Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. We want unity. We want to live at peace with one another, but if it's at the expense of getting our own way, are we prepared to do that? speaking the truth in love. Do we really want to do that? When people don't want to hear it or be challenged about uh, their behavior, why, why, why mention it? Why give yourself the stress and make yourself unpopular? What is more important, your love for others and their ultimate good or your popularity? As each part does see its work, there are some very hard-working people in this church who give up so much time and energy for their brothers and sisters. But this verse doesn't say, as the committed core does its work, but as each part does its work. Are we prepared to do our part for the sake of the body? And not do it with reluctance, but do it with love. Verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. How often would we rather criticize, moan, complain than encourage and build up out of love? Finally, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. How often would we rather hold a grudge, avoid someone rather than forgiving them out of love? Well, the summary of all of this comes in the first verse of chapter five, which says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Remember, you're a loved child of God and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That is our example that we're about to celebrate now as we take the Lord's Supper together, the magnitude of Christ's love for us that made him willing to go to the cross and sacrifice his love for us. Given that he has sacrificed so much for us, what are we prepared to sacrifice for our brothers and sisters? As I finish, the focus of the love in this letter is the love of Christians for their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. But that's not meant to be the limit of our love. Christ loved the world. That's why he came into the world. And we too are called to go into the world and love those who do not yet know Christ. So let's pray now that God would enable us, give us the power to grow in love through the power of the Spirit, by grasping the magnitude of Christ's love for us and all for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father God, we cannot fully comprehend the magnitude of your love for us, that you should send Christ into this world to die for our sakes, that we might be forgiven, that we might be reconciled to you. But we pray that by the power of your Spirit, he would dwell in our hearts, that we would understand that love more and more, that we would grow in knowledge of that love and we would grow in love for one another. And Lord, help us to live out that love that we would do it in ac- in, show love in action, that we would follow the example of Christ In all that we do and say, that together, through your power working in us, we would build up this church for your glorious sake. Amen.